Chapter Seventeen of Say and Seal. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne Spiegel. Say and Seal by Susan Warner. Chapter Seventeen. On that eventful evening, Mr. Simlins had a husking bee, and in his barn were met a fair representation of the Pataquasset men and boys, especially boys and with busy hands and tongues the work went on, Mr. Simlins himself among the busiest. But in the midst of work and merriment, though the fair stillness of the night was unheeded, the sudden interruption which came brought everyone to his feet. It was a loud shriek from the house, a woman's shriek. "'Hold on,' said Mr. Simlins. "'You all go ahead, and I'll go quiet the distractions. I suppose Mrs. Hummins has seen another rat in the dairy. No, thank ye. I like to kill my own rats myself, and then I know they air killed. So, letting nobody follow him, Mr. Simlins left the barn and went over to the house. In the kitchen he found the full array of female servants, of his own house and the neighbors, one of whom, hiding her face, was rocking back and forth with the most incoherent exclamations, while all the rest, standing by in various attitudes, seemed to have got an extra pair of eyes apiece for the express purpose of looking on well said mr simlins where is it i've got my stick ready hain't a bit anybody has he or has somebody got my silver spoons what's to pay now silver spoons there were none in mr simlins economy and this was a proverbial expression well known in the household oh mr simlins mr simlins cried the hysterical one with a shudder there's a murdered man at the front door and i did shut it but he might come round this way you be hanged and shut up was mr simlin's remark in answer to this statement and flinging down his stick on the kitchen floor with a rattle he strode to the front door and opened it having had the precaution to take a candle with him there was certainly a figure there not standing but sitting on the bench in an attitude that spoke of faintness and of all the men in pataquasset mr simlin's was perhaps most surprised to see that it was mr linden a white handkerchief ineffectually bound round his arm but served to show why he had tried to secure it there. Mr. Simlins surveyed it all with his candle in about three seconds, and then said hoarsely, "'What's this? Can you speak to me?' But the power for that was gone, though a parting of the lips spoke the intent. Mr. Simlins set down the candle and went back to the kitchen. "'Get some brandy, you fools,' he said. "'He's a friend of mine, got faint for want of his supper. Been too long out shootin'. Fetch a glass of water here, too.' jenny loudens you go tell jem walters that ere plaguey black heifer has got out of the yard you send him to me and if you spile the frolic with your story i'll have nothing more to do with you i give you my word mr simlins was obeyed he himself went back with the water and the brandy which he tenderly applied to mr linden's forehead and lips and seeing the handkerchief's ineffectual disposition had taken it off and bound it on tight by the time jem walters one of his farm-hands, had reached the porch. The two then, taking the sufferer in their arms, carried him into the house and into Mr. Simlin's room, which was on the first floor, where they laid him on the bed. Jem Waters was then dispatched for Dr. Harrison, with orders to hold his tongue and not say what he was sent for, and Jem Waters, the swiftest runner in Pataquasset, set off and ran every step of the way till the doctor was found." The cold applications, the resting posture, seemed to do their work, and Mr. Simlins was rewarded with a smile from both eyes and lips. 
he did not speak again however till he had seen a spoonful of brandy enter the lips then with a grave concern that did not seem like mr simlin's he said in a subdued tone how do you find yourself can you speak now not much mr linden answered with some effort i find myself in very kind hands are you hurt anywhere else somewhat the shot scattered i think there was a smothered execration and then it was a very kind hand that renewed the touch of cold water to his forehead though a big brown and rough one i sent for the doctor and now i'll get you a nurse you keep quiet till you can do something else mr simlins gently went forward and in a minute after was in the midst of his husking party in the barn reuben taylor said the farmer you don't mind taking a run do you wouldn't you just as leaves help me catch that black heifer afore she gets to pequot reuben started up and signified his ability to catch anything whatever he was not alone for half a dozen others volunteered to be equally ready you keep where you be said the farmer with a wave of his hand to the half dozen i don't let everybody chase that ear heifer you've got to chase her by the head and not by the foot i tell you reuben you come along and getting him well outside of the barn and halfway towards the house mr simlins said in a very low growl indeed mr linden's here he's been hurt somehow in his arm and he's kind of faint i want you to stay by him till the doctor comes and then let me know if i don't keep in the barn they'll raise ploot or they'll come in and i'd as leaves they'd do one as t'other by this time mr simlins had reached the door of his room and ushered reuben in he heard and long remembered the smothered cry which seemed to come no further than reuben's lips as he stepped within the door but after that the boy might have been made of iron for his strength and steadiness he walked up to the bedside and knelt beside it with a look which again mr simlins could not soon forget but his face was quite calm except in the first moment when mr linden looked at him the farmer was a man of iron too yet his voice was low and changed from its usual wont when he spoke it's only the loss of blood i guess he said he'll come along you give him brandy and water reuben if he wants it and call me when dr harrison comes can i do anything else the last words were gently even tenderly addressed to the sufferer no mr linden said with that same pleasant look of the eyes i think there is not much the matter except what you said mr simlin stalked off and was rather more grim than usual in the barn the huskers had returned to their merriment and the slight sound of wheels on the road from time to time of course attracted no attention after one of these signals however jem waters appeared at the front door mr simlins there's a gentleman wants to see you i'll take your place very few strides did mr simlins make between the barn and the house and slight was his stay of greeting to dr harrison he's in here he said leading the way reuben was just as mr simlins had left him it seemed as if he had not once taken his eyes from the calm face before him for very calm it was reposeful with not a line disturbed except where a slight contraction of the brow told of some physical discomfort but he was not asleep for he looked at them the moment they entered and reuben rose then and stood leaning against the bedpost i'm sorry to see you so said the doctor what's the matter and where a little smile a glance towards the bandaged arm seemed to say there was nothing very bad but that what there was it would be easier for him to have the doctor find out for himself no further did the doctor ask but proceeded to work 
and it appeared soon that dr harrison at play and dr harrison at work were two people yet the same the doctor did not indeed play at his work yet the work was done with the same skilful ease that he brought to his play an ignorant child could see as much and mr simlins jealously looking on felt very soon at ease as to the doctor's part in the scene before him dr harrison knew his business and knew it well mr linden's coat was removed in the course of which operation a keen glance of the doctor's eye over at reuben showed that he recognized him but then he attended to nothing but his patient he found that a number of duck shot had been lodged in mr linden's side and arm the latter of which was somewhat lacerated and this was the principal wound the others were slight the shot having taken a slanting direction and so rather grazed than penetrated dr harrison with care and skill went on to extract the shot and dress the wounds which he did after the happy and simple regimen of modern discoveries and ordered certain restoratives which he judged his patient needed he did not speak except on business till he had seen these doings their work and mr linden able to reply to him and then his first words were to the farmer who not asking a question had stood by as silent and watchful as reuben himself nearly as grave there's nothing the matter with him mr simlins he said he'll be able to shoot you in a day or two if he has a mind what have you been doing to him me i've been acting the part of the good syrian to him growled mr simlins only i always thought before the oil and wine went on the outside instead of on the inside i dare say said the doctor lightly probably not understanding the illusion and then he seated himself on the side of the bed looking down at his patient very much in his usual manner you'll have made yourself the hero of patacoasset linden he said there won't another fellow stand a chance to be looked at for a month to come from here to quillapeak you ought to be indicted for breach of the public peace don't try it said mr linden i should doubtless prevail with the jury too ha said the doctor with another glance over at reuben now how did this come about quite suddenly as i was walking home where were you about a mile from here in the open road who was fool enough to be shooting ducks in the open road and mistake you for a specimen you are not at all the sort of man i should ever think of making game of i tried hard to find out who it was said mr linden but he was a better runner than i or else my strength gave out why how did the thing happen said the doctor run you don't suppose the fellow meant to hit you he meant to run said mr linden the doctor looked at Mr. Simlins with a serio-comical expression. "'Worse and worse,' said he. "'It is a full-grown, regular-built adventure, and this is a hero from head to foot.' "'Which way did the fellow run?' said Mr. Simlins, with a growl that was ominous. "'Straight ahead, till he got into the woods,' said Mr. Linden, smiling at his host. "'But he probably turned there, Mr. Simlins.' "'I'll have him,' said Mr. Simlins. "'I'll follow his tracks.' if they lead me to the two poles of the axle-tree you tell me where you see him and i'll set runners on that won't give out neither they'll be as likely to run against each other as any way in this mist to-night said the doctor you'd better leave all that till morning i'll see you again to-morrow he said holding out his hand to mr linden i suppose they don't know what has become of you at mrs derrick's i will stop there as i go home and make myself as famous as i can though the first bearer of a welcome news does not recommend himself to favor yet if they have heard anything on the whole they will thank me i'll take my risk i am a little inclined to ride down with you said mr linden 
folly said the doctor mr simmons is acting a good part by you he says which i presume is true though i did not understand his terms but i've no doubt he'll prove himself good for a day or two's board and lodging i wish i had had the pleasure of finding you at my own door instead of his having it the question is whether i shall be good for a day or two i have no doubt of mr simmons does that mean you are going to disobey me you grudge me that little bit of famousness i shall hear the orders before i disobey the doctor looked at him a minute linden said he you're alarmingly well but you must remain in quarters for another night or two it would be dangerous to let you go i can't allow it good night either the stimulus of the doctor's presence had been strong or the effort to appear well had been fatiguing and dr harrison would have pronounced another verdict had he seen his patient ten minutes later when mr simlins came back into the room mr linden looked pale and exhausted he roused himself however at once mr simlins he said will you drive me to patacquasset to-night you ain't a-goin to do that said the farmer that was my intention why not you ain't fit for it no ways can't you stop here one night and be peaceable yes both said his guest smiling but if i do not go i must send he added after a minute's silence during which perhaps some feeling of weakness came and aided the doctor's orders and i do not think it would hurt me to go send said mr simlins there's lots to send here's reuben and stam stoutenburg the boys ain't gone yet and here's me who do you want to send to i want to send four two or three things out of my room reuben can go and sam may sit here with me if you will sleep any better for it mr simlins that is what you must do he said with a look of warm interest and kindness sleep growled mr simlins it's about all i'm good for which was not at all mr simlins abstract judgment concerning himself purely comparative on the present occasion well you tell reuben what you want him to do and he can take the brown mare jem will have her ready and i'll send sam to you and after i get rid of all creation i'll come myself you'd think all creation was just made and the chips about after which setting forth of the state of his affairs mr simlins went forth i guess sir said jem waters when he had done his task with the mare i guess i'd as good sleep in the front porch to-night cause if there'll be one here there'll be forty what'll the forty do knock the house down sir if there's nobody there to stop em bless you sir all patacquasset will come to hear how mr linden is afore day there won't one of em wait two minutes after he hears the tale it's all about by this time i made one gal mad by not tellin her and i guess she's likely made it up for herself and other folks by now End of chapter seventeen